chapter 20. And we're just going to continue this morning. I, we put out on our, on our post, uh, what happens after Easter? Amen? You know, we talked about on Wednesday how, how easy it is to come off of the high of Easter and the celebration, and we kind of related it to um, the fact of a birthday or an anniversary when we get excited about an event that's coming up. And it shouldn't be this way, but sometimes we can think, man, um, it, it's over. But And then I talked on Wednesday night that the tomb is still empty. Can you say amen? The tomb is still empty today, a week after. Amen. The tomb has been empty for 2,000 years, and it's never going to be filled again. And here's an exciting thing. We're not going to fill our tomb either, praise God, because the Bible says that we're going to live after, after death as well. Amen. We're going to live for eternity. And we have eternal life this morning in Jesus Christ. And so I want to kind of uh, talk a little bit this morning as we talked last Sunday about the fact that we are un what? Undefeated. Amen. Do I have any undefeated people in here this morning? Amen. Regardless of what you're going through. Regardless of circumstances, regardless of physical feelings, regardless of anything, you are undefeated this morning because Jesus defeated death and hell and the grave. And so we come into this place this morning victorious. But I talked about last on Wednesday, this was so interesting if you were here, um, about the, the tomb still being empty and how the disciples, very surprisingly, you know, Je- Jesse kind of mentioned it at his, off, at his, his testimony, that we, we doubt still. We still wonder, we still question, we, we say we believe in, but sometimes there's that doubt that enters our spirits and our hearts, and I want to talk to you this morning and remind you that that's, that's okay, that's normal, we're human, we're flesh, we're going to have those thoughts, but the disciples also had those thoughts, and they had those feelings, and as we look at what the Bible begins to tell us, I, wanted, I began to think, you know, after Jesus rose from the dead, or before he rose from the dead, sorry, we know that the disciples and, and the people that were following Jesus scattered and went back to their old ways, went back to their, uh, not, necess- not sin, sin life, but went, began to go back to fishing, began to go back to, to life as before Jesus came because they didn't really, truly believe that he was going to rise again, which is, which is crazy for us to look back on now. And instead of them being someplace and just, just being exciting and waiting for him to come out of that tomb, they went back to their old ways and their old lifestyles. And then after Jesus rose from the dead, you wonder, what happened? What, what was the next thing that took place? And so here we are one week after the celebration of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and we would look at what happens after Easter. And we're going to pick up in John chapter 20, and we're going to start in verse 19. This is, this is following what we talked about last week and, and on Wednesday. We're kind of just keeping with the, with the flow here. And it says, then that same day at evenings, being the same day that he um, rose from the dead and, they, and, they, and they, he appeared to, to Mary and, and, and they, those two men saw him on the road and their hearts were burning is what we talked about Wednesday night. It says, on the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled, For fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, Peace be with you. And when he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. And then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. And so Jesus said to them again, 
Peace be to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. Father, this morning for a few minutes, as we talk about your word and we come into this place this morning as believers, as we come into this place this morning to learn, as we come into this place to be challenged, as we come into this place to, to hear what your, what your word says for our lives, we ask that you would anoint this time and that, Lord, Lord our minds would be arrested on you and, and they would think of only on you and we would be focused so that when we walk out of this place this morning, we would know what we're supposed to do now. What is it that happens after Easter? What, what am I supposed to do with the fact that there's an empty tomb? What, what is your plan for my life now, God? And as we go over these things, I pray that, Lord, uh, the light would come on in our spirits. And, and as those disciples said, our hearts would burn within us. And you would do a great and mighty thing in this place and in our lives. And we ask these things in Jesus' name, we pray. And everybody said? So here we go. What happens after Easter? Jesus comes to them, proves that he's Jesus, says, touch my hands, touch my side, and says these words that are so important. What do we do after Easter? We do what we're supposed to do every day, which is go. Tell the person next to you, you need to go for Jesus. Some of y'all are saying, I've heard those words before, and I didn't like that. <laughs> you got to go. Amen. Amen. No, you got to go for Jesus. So he appears to them, and he says, peace to you. And then he, and he, he gives us the simple gospel. How many know the gospel is simple? It is, it is right there. The gospel is right there. That is our vision. It's not just a vision we came up with. It's a biblical vision. Reach, teach, and send. And Jesus says, as the Father has sent me, now I send you. And so for 2,000 years, we have been in that part of the gospel, and we are, we are right there right now. And the next thing that happens, as we know, the next thing that comes after the resurrection is the ascension. The, the thing we are looking forward to as believers is the day that we will rise to be with Jesus. Amen? That we will go to be in his presence and that we'll be able to leave this wicked world the way it is right now and be with God. Is that your hope this morning? I hope that's your hope because the Bible calls it the blessed hope. And, and we know that the next step, and we're not probably going to get into that this morning, is that Jesus rose into heaven and that he's been there praying for us for the last 2,000 years, which is the church age. But during that last 2,000 years, the gospel has been preached. And people just like you and me, it's interesting to think 100 years ago, 300 years ago, 500 years ago, 1,000 years ago, 1,500 years. It's hard for us to go back that far in our mind. The culture and all the things, those people going way back have had the same commission that we have this morning. Isn't that amazing to think back of the thousands and millions of men and women who have read these words? Just, just go there just for a second. Uh, if you grew up like in Little House on the Prairie, amen, or a Bonanza or one of those things, you know, you keep going back to where there was no electricity and life was simpler and they met at the church house on Sunday and a preacher got up and told them, hey, Jesus says now we got to go. And that same commission has been going on, maybe going back to medieval times and just going back thousands of years. Lots of things have happened, but this same message I'm preaching, think about that, was, has been being preached for 2,000 years all around the world. They've been quoting the same words 
that Jesus said, as the Father has sent me, now I send you. So if we know this morning we're supposed to go, then we would say, well, God, how do we go? I can't, I can't reach anybody in my own power. And I want to begin to show you something this morning that Jesus shows us in the gospel that is so important, okay? So we pick up here. He says, peace to you. He says, so as the Father has sent me, so I send you. Then verse 22 says something very powerful. This is what's next for us. Whether you've received it or whether you need to get it again or whether you need to get it for the first time or you need to be refreshed, we need this. Jesus said in 22, when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. Church, we need the Holy Spirit. What's next in our lives is we need to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. We need God to live inside of us. We need God to breathe out of us. We need God to go before us. We need the Holy Spirit to quicken us and to speak to us and to challenge us. And we need to live every day of our lives saying this, God, fill me up. God, fill me up. That's what that song talks about, the fullness of God. Fullness. God, I don't, I don't want to live on 90%. I want to be 100% full of you. I want my words to be your words. I want my thoughts to be your thoughts. I want my actions to be your actions. I want everything I do to, to be an example of who you are. How many have that desire this morning, amen, that God would breathe into you and breathe through you. And so he says, receive the Holy Spirit. Verse 23, if you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Now watch this. We see as, as this is received, right where we are right now, this is interesting. What happens after Easter? Verse 24 says, now Thomas called the twin, one of the 12, was not with them when Jesus came. And the other disciples therefore said to him, we have seen the Lord. And so he said to them, unless I see in his hands the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. I will not believe. Now watch this. It says, and after eight days. So biblically, we pick up right here, right now. Eight days after his resurrection, now we're seeing that we're literally right there at this moment today on this Sunday as if it was 2007, 18 years ago. Eight days after. Thomas, after eight days, still doesn't believe. There are always going to be people in our lives who don't believe. There's always going to be people in our family that don't believe. There's always going to be people around us who are constantly going to say, is this true, or I don't believe that, or I don't know about that, or all these different things. You're always going to have people doubting. But we have to understand that God is revealing himself to us individually. He has shown himself powerful. If he's done a testimony in your life this morning, you need to say, you know what? I don't care what you believe. I know what I know. I believe what I believe. I know what Jesus has done in my life. And I know he's going to do it again tomorrow. He's going to do it again next week because my Savior lives. I'm undefeated, amen. And I've got the spirit of the living God in me. Amen. I've got something that this world does not have. So after eight days, verse 26, his disciples were again inside. This time Thomas was with them. And this is how good God is and how good Jesus is. 
Jesus came. Has anybody ever had Jesus show up? Man, he shows up, amen? When we need him, even in our doubt, even in our fear, he shows up. And Jesus came, he said. And, and he said, the doors being shut, stood in the midst. And here we see this again. Peace be to you. I think, I think Jesus is concerned that we be, have peace. Amen? He, he wants us to have peace. That's the third time we've seen that. And, he, and then he says to Thomas, and I love this because this again shows the personable, personal, intimate power of Jesus Christ in our lives. Don't ever forget that Jesus knows your name. Don't ever forget that Jesus knows how many hairs on your head. He knows your thoughts. He knows your desires. He knows your needs. He knows your fears. He walks into that room and he knows that Thomas does not believe still. He could have just walked in and just kind of hung out and kind of just stared over at Thomas every, while, every once in a while. He could have just not said anything to him, but he walks in, says, peace be to you, and goes straight to doubting Thomas. He says, I, he says, I need to fix this little problem right here because he sees the potential of Thomas. How many know you got some potential in here this morning? Every single one of you have some potential to do something for the Lord. And so Jesus is not talking to the person next to you this morning. He's talking to you. He's talking to me. And all of us are doubting Thomas at some point. Amen. All of us have. And, and then sometimes there's times when, when we, we are not a doubting Thomas in the sense of that's who we are. But we have a season or a time where we become doubting Thomas. And, and we begin to let our faith be affected by the things that we see. And so he says, Thomas. Reach your finger here and look at my hands. Look at my hands and, and reach your hand here and put it into my side. And then he says, don't be unbelieving, but believing. Amen? That's what God wants us to do this morning. He wants us to believe. And watch this. Thomas answers and says, my Lord and my God. Okay? And so we, he was able to touch. Wouldn't that have been cool to touch those hands? To touch those hands with those holes in them, scar, you know, scars uh, filled and, and, and touch that side to know that spirit went into him and the fact that he was a physical being. And I'm not going to get into that this morning, but there's many verses, even here in John 20 and in all the Gospels where he he's, he he's lets them touch him. He says, I'm not a ghost. He says, I'm not a spirit. That, that He says, spirit doesn't have flesh and bones. He says, here I am. And the, and the Bible teaches us that for 40 days he appeared to people. And the Bible says he appeared to over 500 men and women. And that's just the number that they give. And, and then he, at one point, I believe it's here in John or it might be in Luke, he, he says, hey, um, y'all are fishing. Give me some fish to eat. And he takes that fish and physically puts it in his physical mouth and physically chews it, physically swallows it to show that he's not a spirit. He's a living being, that he has defeated death, amen, and come back to life so that we can have that hope, amen? And so he says, don't be doubting, be, be believing. And then look at what he says. One of my favorite verses. This is honestly, I know I got a lot of them. I know we should have a lot of them if we love God, amen? But this is one of my top five right here. Because I, 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 we feel like sometimes um, that our faith is weak. But let, watch what Jesus says about us. He says, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. But blessed are those who have not seen me and have believed. 
The Bible says that you and I today, 2,000 years removed after Easter, are blessed this morning because we believe in Jesus Christ and we have not seen him, we have not touched him, we have not ate with him, we're blessed. So don't let the devil t- tell you, man, your faith is so weak. No, it's not. It's strong. Jesus said we were blessed because we believe and have not seen him. And then the Bible goes on there to say that, that Jesus began to do many other signs in the presence of the disciples. And it even says, if I were to write them all down, they wouldn't fit in any books in the world, he says. So now I want you to go over to chapter 24 of Luke. Let's go back in your in your Bible to the left in the Gospels of Luke chapter 24. And I want you to know this morning, church, that, that you know, it's funny. That churches have names um, and denominations. We're a non-denominational church. We don't have a denominational name. Uh, we, we call ourselves full gospel. We call ourselves uh, spirit-filled. We call ourselves Pentecostal. That scares people, that word right there, just because of the stereotypes but we're, 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 we're Bible-believing every verse of the Bible church, amen? We don't have a denomination, but we believe every word from Genesis to Revelation. And, and, and today, uh, people have a thing. It's almost like, you know, I, have a, I, have a, I found a really good trail mix. And I, I like trail mix anyways, but I found a, a, the best trail mix I've ever found. It's amazing. It's, and, and I'm not going to say what the name of it is because I'm afraid Sam's going to take it out. Every time, how many, how many of you have ever found something really good at the store, and you love it, and then about two weeks later you go to get some more, and they've, yeah, we're not carrying that anymore. It makes you mad. But anyways, this is a great, great tra- uh, trail mix. It has triple berry, and has peanuts, and walnuts, and almonds, and cashews, and it has little tiny chunks of chocolate. It's awesome. So I opened up that thing in my office the other day, and I'm not going to say which one of my ladies in my household, you know, whether it was my wife or my daughters, um, put their hand in there, and they began to look. And, and they began to pick, and I said, get your hand out that thing. Don't, that's not how you grab trail mix. You don't pick out what you want to eat. You grab a handful, and you eat it. That's how you're going to eat my trail mix. Amen. And that's what people do with God's word. They look into that Bible and they say, oh, oh yeah, that looks good. Oh, I don't like that. I'm leaving that there. That's going to affect my lifestyle. Oh, that's going to bother me a little bit right there. I can't grab that. I don't want to eat that right there. God wants us to grab his word like trail mix and digest it all. Amen. The things that are tasted good and the things that don't taste good, because everything in that trail mix is good for you. It's natural. Even chocolate. Hallelujah. Dark chocolate, amen, is, is good for you, amen. So how many are following what I'm saying? So I'm saying this because we have to understand that today we are a spirit-filled church. And, and here's what's interesting. All churches should be spirit-filled. All churches should be Pentecostal because that's, that's what happened on the day of Pentecost. The Spirit of God fell. All churches should be full gospel. We shouldn't have these people, this is what I am and this is what I am and the names and all that because the Bible says that we're supposed to read it all and believe it all. And I'm saying this because this is what happens after Easter is what Jesus teaches us to do that a lot of churches don't follow. And we're going to pick it up right here in Luke 24, verse 44. Give me an amen if you're there. He says, these are the words, this is Jesus in red letter, which I spoke to you 
while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. Remember last week we read out of Psalms? Amen. And he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. Now, a big part of having those scriptures opened up, church, is that God's spirit breathes into us. We cannot be drawn to the Lord or be saved or be changed or grow without the spirit of the Lord leading us. And then he says, verse 46, it is written, and it's, it was necessary for Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sin should be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. Now listen to this closely. This is, where I'm, this is the meat right here. As I, as I begin to wind down here, he says in verse 48, and you are witnesses of these things. Amen. Amen. Am I talking to anybody in here this morning? And you are witnesses of these things. Tell the person next to you, you're a witness. Amen. Of these things. Now tell them, go. But after service, amen. You are witnesses of these things. Now watch this. Behold, verse 49. I send the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. What happens after Easter? We need to be filled with the power of God in our lives. We, if we're going to preach the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we need his spirit to be inside of us. We need his spirit to flow through us. And we need to be baptized in the power of the Holy Spirit. Can somebody say amen? We need the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Because it's not our words that's going to change anybody, but it's his power. The Bible says it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord God of hosts. Amen. And there needs to be a desire inside of us. We're, we're in that same place today as those disciples were 2,000 years ago. God, what do we do now? You've changed my life. You've saved me. You've redeemed me. I repent. I want to do something different. I don't want to live that old lifestyle. Now what do I do? Jesus says, I need you to be filled with my power. I need you to go and go and go and go, but I need you to go in my power. Amen. So now we're going to go over to Acts chapter 1 to finish. Acts chapter 1. Well, I've heard this before. I've heard this message. I've heard this. That We're talking about what happens after Easter. This, this, the story is the same. Amen. But the question is, here's the question. Am I walking, are you walking in the fullness of God this morning? Am I walking to the full capacity of what God wants me to walk in? Do I have, ask yourself this if you think, oh, I've heard this already. I know, I know what Acts chapter 1 says. I know what Acts chapter 2 says. If that's the attitude you might have, I ask you this. Are you walking in that power? Are you walking in that miracle power? Are you seeing the signs and the wonders that those disciples saw happen? If we're not, then we need to keep searching. If we're not, then we need to keep asking. If we're not, then we need to keep saying, God, fill me up more. I've seen some awesome things in my life, but I haven't seen what I know God wants me to see. Amen? Because the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. The future's bright. Amen? I'm not living off the past. So we pick up in Acts chapter 1. And here's Jesus before his ascension. 
It says he presented himself, verse 3, alive after his sufferings and his infallible proofs being seen by them. I just said this to you a second ago. During 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Now watch this. And being assembled together. Do you realize that's what we're doing this morning? We're assembling together just like they did in the Bible. It says together with them. He commanded them. Now that's, he didn't ask them or, or, or plead, please. He commanded them. That's a pretty strong word. Are y'all here? He commanded them to not depart from Jerusalem, but to what? Wait. To wait for what? The promise of the Father. What did Jesus say over in Luke 24, 49 was the promise? He said, I'm going to send the promise so that you'll be endued with power from on high. So here we are after Easter in the same place. If we were to go back 2,000 years, we're, we're together here this morning, eight days after the resurrection, assembled together, reading the Word of God, and the Word of God says to you and me this morning, I want you to go, and I want you to be witnesses, but before you go and be witnesses, I need you to have the power of my Holy Spirit in your life so that when you go out, you don't go out in the power of your name or the power of your might, but you go out in my power. And my strength, because that's what's going to change this world. And he says, wait for it. And then he says, which he said, you have heard from me. Now, I got a question. If Jesus says that we're supposed to wait for the promise, if Jesus says that we're supposed to be in due with power from on high, how come everybody doesn't want that? Why is it certain denominations or certain churches or certain groups that want that? Why wouldn't everybody want what Jesus says, you've heard from me? Why wouldn't you want the fullness of God in your life? Amen? And so we see this opportunity here where he says, I want you to go and I want you to wait. Now watch this, verse 5. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, Will you restore the kingdom of Israel at this time? He said, it's not for you to know the times or seasons with which the Father has put in his own authority. Watch this, verse 8, here's the key. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Look at that word, upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And then the Bible says he he goes out and ascends into heaven. He ascends into heaven. And as he goes up, those angels say, hey, just as you saw him go up, he will come, what? Again. He will come again. Amen? Remember last week, the, the folded napkin? I'm coming back. But he's not coming back until the church, that's you and me, walks in the fullness of his glory, preaches the gospel like we're supposed to preach, and gets everybody saved we're supposed to get saved. And until that day comes, we need to seek his presence. We need to seek the fullness of his glory, and we need to seek the fullness of his power. And we need to be endued with power from on high. We believe what the Bible says. I don't have time. This isn't a full message on this. I don't have time to go into all the amazing scriptures here in the book of Acts, but I'll make it simple for you this morning. When I got saved, 
I thank God that this message was preached to me. Not just the salvation part, but the part of being full of the Holy Spirit. The part of being baptized in the Holy Spirit. Which if it's, if, 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 um, if to, to make it perfectly clear, everybody understands, I believe biblically and scripturally the baptism of the Holy Spirit has an evidence that you know you've been baptized and that's that you speak in another tongue. That God gives you a prayer language. Some people say right there when I say that, yeah, but we, we, the Spirit of God, is in, He breathed into them, the Spirit was there. We have the Spirit of the Lord in us when we're saved. But it's different. It's a different event. He said, John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with fire, with the Holy Spirit. And every time you read that word there and continue in Acts, you see upon. So something comes upon me. When Jesus was baptized... And he came out of the water. The Bible says in, in Luke chapter 4 that the, the dove, which is a symbol of the Holy Spirit, came down upon him. Even Jesus Christ himself was baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I want you to know that when you get the fullness of God and God comes down on you, upon you, and you get filled with the Holy Spirit, he gives you a prayer language. I can tell you this morning, I couldn't have made it this far without my prayer language. I couldn't have made it this far without having that, that power in my life where when I don't know what to say with my words, I can pray in the Spirit. So what happens after Easter? You, you, I want to make a statement to you. You don't have to be baptized in the Holy Spirit to get to heaven. It's not a salvation thing. It's not a thing that's going to keep you from heaven. There's people who, who don't know about it. There's people who don't want it. I don't know why. They've been taught weird things. Uh, it's been misrepresented. It's been abused, just like anything in the world. But when it's God and it's real and you get it, you'll look back and say, I don't know how I ever made it without it. It's the full extras of the gospel. It's power. And, and, and I, I don't have time this morning to tell you all the miracles that happen and all the miracles that can happen when you're walking in the fullness of God. So if you're here this morning and you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, He can fill you this morning. He can fill you this morning and you can receive that power that Jesus talked right here about 2,000 years ago. If you're here and you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, you can be refilled again today. Because if we're doing things right, we walk out of this service this morning after being filled and we go give. We give all week. We pour ourselves out all week. We, we share our faith. We, we love on people. We minister to people. And then we get a little bit dry and we got to come back in and get filled up again. And every day we have to be filled up again. Amen. So let's stand to our feet this morning as we close. And I want to just open up the altar in just a moment. And I just want to pray and ask the Holy Spirit to fill us this morning. Because if you're reading what I'm reading, this is what happens next. This is what happened next, 2,000 years ago. Jesus died on the cross, rose from the dead, and then he said, listen, I'm going to preach. I'm trying to make this as simple for you as possible. I'm going to preach, and I want you to go preach the gospel for me. And if you're going to go preach, I don't want you to preach in your, in your power. I want you to preach in my power. And so this morning, we need to deny ourselves. We need to empty ourselves. As we come to the altar this morning and we pray, you need to say, Lord, I empty myself this morning. 
Lord, I empty myself of my preconceived ideas, my preconceived thoughts, my, my anger, my unforgiveness. My, Lord, I empty myself of my selfishness, of, of, of all, anything in my life that would hinder your spirit flowing through me. Amen? We don't get to, to pray in tongues. So we don't have to. We get to. It's a privilege to have God speak through you. Amen? Nowhere in this book did the Bible ever say that tongues were for that time only, that healings were for that time only, that miracles were for that time only. We need that more today than they ever did back then. We're 2,000 years removed. So before, you, before we come forward, I want to ask you quickly just to bow your heads and close your eyes all over this place. And if you're here this morning and you've never been born again, Never ask Jesus Christ to come into your life. I want, you to, I want you just to raise your hand and say, Pastor, would you pray for me this morning? I'm not saved. I need Jesus in my life this morning. I need to be born again. That's me. How many would say that's me this morning? I don't, I don't know what would happen if I passed into eternity, but I want to know. I want to be saved. Maybe you're here and you're backslidden. You've gone away from the Lord. You've gone cold. You've, you, you need to come home and say, God, I want to rededicate my life to you this morning. If that's you, just say, here I am. Raise your hand. Say, that's me. I want to pray for you this morning. If you're here this morning and you're saved, then I ask you, have you been baptized in the Holy Spirit? Paul actually said that in Acts chapter 19. He said, hey, he said, have you received since you believed? And they said, we haven't even heard of the Holy Spirit. We've heard of Jesus, but we haven't heard of the Holy Spirit he says, be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And they began, the Bible says they began to prophesy and speak in other tongues. And they had that prayer language. So this morning, for just a few minutes, I want to open the altar. Maybe you're not coming for that. Maybe you're coming for a physical need, whatever you're, you're coming for. But listen, this is a moment right here. This is a time to spend a few minutes in the presence of God. As they begin to sing this song, I want to open the altars. If you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, just come down here and begin to open up your heart, lift up your hands, open your mouth, and say, Jesus, fill me this morning. Fill me from the top of my head to the soles of my feet with your Holy Spirit. If you're here and you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, come and say, Lord, refill me. Refill me right now. I want a fresh touch. I want your spirit to breathe into my life this morning. I want to be the greatest witness that I can be for you. I want to be able to preach your gospel. I want to be able to share your word to other people. I want to be able to be a witness this morning in the fullness of the capacity that you've placed in my life. Just come hungry. Just come desperate. Just come needy this morning. Father, set a fire in our soul right now. Lord, where there's dryness, let the rivers of living water flow in this place. Lord, if somebody in here hasn't been baptized in your Holy Spirit, baptize them right now. From the top of their head to the soles of their feet. Lord, let the Spirit of God begin to speak through them right now. Let them begin to speak in heavenly languages, God. Lord, let that breath of God and living water flow. The Bible says out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus, we receive you right now. Holy Spirit, we ask you to come and do what your word says you would do. you got to ask for it yourself. I can't ask for it for you. Just ask him. 
Just open your mouth. He's not going to open your mouth for you. You got to open your mouth. You got to pray. You got to lift your voice. You got to say, Lord, fill me right now. Fill me right now from the top of my head to the soles of my feet with your Holy Spirit. Oh, Lord, I need you right now. I need you right now. I need you right now. Fill me. Fill me. The Bible says they that hunger and thirst for righteousness shall be filled. Oh, fill us right now, Jesus. Hallelujah. Fill us right now, Father. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. it father i receive it i receive it this morning lord give us a fresh touch just say lord fill me fresh fill me fresh this morning i want to be a witness i want to go for you i want to preach the gospel lord put your words in my mouth lord put your spirit in my heart this morning i'm weak without you i can't do it without you jesus hallelujah Oh God, it's not by might, 
is not by power, but it's by your spirit, says the Lord God of hosts. Baptize us. Baptize us with your power. Baptize us with your power. Baptize us with your boldness. Fill us with your boldness this morning. Fill us with, fill us with a fresh touch of your anointing this morning that breaks the yokes of bondage this morning, that breaks the chains in our lives this morning. Oh, Holy Ghost, I need you. I want more of you this morning. Yes, Jesus, fill us now, God, with that same spirit that fell on the day of Pentecost, God. Fill us right now. Fill us right now. Just lift your hands all over this place. His spirit is here. His presence is here. Let those tears flow. Let that spirit fill you now. Hallelujah. Yes. Lord, so we can be witnesses for you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 I want more. I want more, Lord. I want more of you, Jesus. Oh, pour it out. Shout it out. I want more. name of Jesus we receive everything you have for us we receive the boldness we receive the power we receive the anointing we ask now in the name of Jesus Lord that we would be your witnesses and Lord that you would you would show us Lord your ways and you would teach us your ways and Holy Spirit you're you're the comforter you're the peace giver you're the one that gives joy this morning and we receive now and Father, if right now we didn't receive that, we didn't get it, your word said wait. So we wait, and we keep seeking, and we keep praying. You might fill us with your Holy Spirit, Lord, on the way home. You might fill us tonight in our bed. You might fill us tomorrow at work. But Lord, when it comes, we will speak it out. We will pray in that heavenly language, and then we will use it, God, as a vessel, Father, as a power in our lives. Oh, Holy Spirit, do your work this morning. And devil, you are defeated. You have no power and you have no authority over us. In the mighty, mighty name of Jesus, we pray, Father. Have your way, God. Have your way. Father, thank you for speaking us to, to us this morning. Thank you for showing us what your word says. And Lord, we want to live it to the letter. We, want, we don't want to eat it like trail mix, God. We want to take everything you have for us as is. If your word says it, we believe it. Let it be done, Father. Let it be done, Father. In the mighty name of Jesus. Let's give the Lord a praise this morning. Let's thank him for his word this morning. this mighty word, Father. We ask that it just be um, fuel to our walk, Father God, that Spirit lead us, Lord, and ask that you just fill us up with your fellowship, Father God, with your Holy Spirit as we leave this place to protect us wherever we go, Father God, to be those beacons, those, those children that you call to preach your gospel, Father God. We love you, and we praise you and thank you for this word that you put on our pastor's heart, 
and that you're touching lives this morning, Father God. We love you and thank you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. As we uh, sit and fellowship, um, just make your way out to the backstage fellowship hall, please. And we'll love to visit with you and just uh, sit down and um, talk with you. So just make your way back in this backstage fellowship hall. We need to make room for the next service. Oh, and there's, there's some food there for the fundraiser. Um, so make sure you go and get you some awesome food and uh, make some donations for the youth.